Welcome in, Caboose Pistol Podcast. John Lund with you from KNBR Radio in San Francisco, weekdays 10 to 2. Thank you for joining me on that. And here to Caboose Pistol at caboosepistol.com. Check it out. All the stories, video, all sorts of stuff is on the website. So if there's a story here, likely it's there. So you can read more about it or see the video if that is what you want to do. At John Lund Radio. You can follow me on Twitter. At Caboose Pistol, it's there as well. John Lund Radio on Facebook and Instagram. You can get involved in the show. It's very simple. We will do a a feedback segment, and it's better if you call and we hear your sweet little voice. It's awesome that way. Uh, Questions, comments, all those things at 508-296-4949. Again, leave a message at 508-296-4949. Or a couple of different ways as well. You can do hey, H-E-Y, hey at caboosepistol.com. Hey, at caboosepistol.com. Or for you to caboosepistol.com, you can... There's actually uh, a feedback part there as well. So I can read it. I would just prefer to have your sweet little voice on it. But whatever you would prefer is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. July 8th, 2020. That is the podcast date. A lot of stuff to get to today, and I don't think I am overselling that. Uh, We will have a good, uh, good pod for you today. So without further ado, let's get after it. It is time as we always start with today's big lead. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I don't know. I always say this. I don't know that it's horrifying, the big lead today. But um, 10 years ago today, LeBron James made his decision. Now, LeBron James has done, since he's been in the spotlight, since he was, what, 16, 17 years old, in Akron, Ohio. I believe his uh, high school team was the Irish, and he was on Irish. And uh, that wasn't a very good Irish guy. But uh, he's been on ESPN since he was about 16 or 17 years old. He's had very few transgressions, and I remember a couple of weeks ago they played the decision, and uh, I remember being, I don't know, I, I wasn't upset because I'm not from Cleveland, and I'm not a Cavaliers fan, and I wasn't burning jerseys. I wasn't happy. Uh, he went to Miami. I was, I was kind of indifferent about it until it wasn't the decision that got me. It was not the decision at all. In fact, it was this, to me, that made LeBron a villain 10 years ago today. Came down here to win championships. Not one, championships. Not two. LeBron, tell us about that. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. Hey. Look, I'm not angry with LeBron. I was never angry with LeBron. In fact, LeBron is one of those transcendent players that he could be ripping your heart out not literally, but uh, on the basketball court, and you're cheering for him. There are a few uh, players like that in sports. Uh, Michael Jordan was certainly like that. Patrick Mahomes now is maybe the closest thing we have in sports. Mike Trout, you know, just guys that you just don't hate. Well, for a year after he did that, I didn't hate him, but I sure as hell was telling myself, I do not want those guys to win. That was just that whole thing where LeBron went down there and did that. So that's 10 years ago today that uh, he made the decision, and then, like I said, I was pretty indifferent about the decision itself, although I will say that for a guy who's been in the spotlight since he was, as I said, 16 or 17 years old and made very few mistakes, in fact, not very few, maybe that one in which he essentially broke up with his wife, girlfriend, significant other 
on national TV and thought that might be a good idea. The other thing, by the way, that was interesting about that a documentary on ESPN a couple of weeks ago, he declined to be interviewed, Maverick Carter, all the people around him, and they instead, and you're going to see more and more of this with athletes, they decided that they were going to tell their own story. Now, you don't get the best story that way, but you sometimes you probably get the fairy tale, and more people than not probably want that version of it. So the big lead, LeBron, the decision 10 years ago today, but that didn't piss me off. Uh, the next day when they flew down to Miami and did that whole dog and pony show, that's really what made LeBron the villain. All right, for July 8th, 2020, your Caboose Pistol podcast, John Lund with you from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Five stories, count of five that you need to know about. This is a debate that we've been having on the show uh, quite a bit. Listen to this. This is Wrigley Field today in Chicago, if you don't know. And there's no one in the ballpark. They're not hitting. There's, there's no one. Obviously, there's no fans. There's no ushers. There's no anything. And yet, Wrigley Field sounded like this. Okay, at the end, I don't think there was a, it sounded like something was backing up. Beep, beep, beep. So that probably wasn't part of it. But there's a debate right now, and I have on my show, John Miller, who's a Hall of Fame broadcaster for the San Francisco Giants and used to be on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball with Joe Morgan. And we have talked about what they're going to do in the booth because John does both TV and radio for the Giants. And he feels like from a radio perspective, and I spoke with the engineer for Giants baseball, his name is Darren Chan, and he's actually going to have a whole board back there. And he's going to be kind of being a DJ or a mix master where it's, if it's a home run, it's going to be this. If it's caught at the track, it's going to be this. Even if it's, you know, late at night, if it's a Dodgers crowd at, Oracle Park in San Francisco, and they hit a home run. It sounds different because there's Dodger fans in there versus, you know, if the Rockies hit a home run. So he's got all these different things he's going to do on radio, which I completely understand because radio, any kind of audio medium, this podcast, that's why I like to play a lot of sounds. It's theater of the mind. So I understand it from a radio perspective. But it sounds like a lot of these teams, and I don't know that Major League Baseball is going to make everybody be uniform in this. Do what you want. It's your broadcast. It's just going to freak me out, I guess, in my senses, and maybe I'll just get used to it, if there is crowd noise like this in an empty ballpark. So it's going to sound, it's going to sound like this. Let's get it here. Let's get it here. There's no one there. There's no one there. Like, I can see there's no one there on the radio. I get it. Theater of the mind. On TV, I just wonder, and you can, uh, you can hit up the show, uh, 508-296-4949, leave a message. Hey, at CaboosePistol.com. Do you want crowd noise? Do you want crowd noise on TV, on radio? I'm for it. Uh, Joe Buck, I think, said this at the beginning way back when that he thought they were going to do it. In fact, EA Sports is here in the Bay Area, and I've heard that they are going to provide sound for teams. So it's almost like playing a video game. So it's going to be weird. Uh, I know I, I don't know if they're doing it in the KBO because I've watched it a few times, but I can't remember. I'm not going to go back and look. And uh, I do know that uh, some of the other sports have done it. I know that uh, soccer has done it in some leagues. So it's, it's not like it's unprecedented. Maybe it'll be freakier if there isn't sound. I don't know. But to me, just on TV, I don't know that I want sound. In fact, I would like the natural sound. I'd like to hear the first baseman talk to the runner. I'd like to hear the manager scream out. I'd like to hear a player and his emotion after he makes a play. I, it, I do think, I could be wrong, and you could always change this, but I do think it'll sound cooler if... I get to hear the natural sounds of the game. I could be wrong, but that's where I'm at right now, but I reserve the right to change my mind. All right, five stories today. Jim Harbaugh 
is catching grief today. Let's see if you agree. Uh, he's catching a little grief today for saying this, the head coach, of course, at Michigan. But, you know, COVID is, is part of our society. Um, wasn't caused by football or caused by, by uh, sports. And you know, there's you know, no expert view right now that I, I'm aware of or that are, you know, agreeing expert views that, you know, sports, you know, is going to, is going to make that, that worse. It's part of our society. We're going to have to have to deal with it. The, um, you know, and, and these kids got to have to do the same thing. You know, they, they've got to go to school. They're, um, you know, they've been training their whole lives for the opportunity uh, to play their, to play their sport. And, um, you know, that, that is, you know, that's my view with the knowledge that we have and time to learn to learn more about it, that, uh, that um, you know, it would be, it would be, you know, my responsibility, our responsibility, and the, and the player's responsibility also, you know, keep themselves safe, safe, uh, and uh, also, you know, get the schooling and the, and uh, the training that they need. Uh, first and foremost, Jim Harbaugh is one of the most socially awkward people you could ever meet in your life. He was the head coach of the 49ers here. And when we would have him on for an interview, you just didn't know what you were going to get. But it was interesting. Let's just put it that way. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, what he said there was that uh, sports didn't cause the virus. The The virus is going to be here. we got to learn to live with the virus. It, it is what it is. Um, I don't necessarily know why he was catching a bunch of grief. Remember where this is coming from. This is a football coach at Michigan who wants to play football. His whole life is football. I've spoken to his wife about it. Uh, he wears those khakis. It was like, it, it wasn't it Einstein that had basically like 20 of the same thing in his closet so he didn't have to worry about what he was going to wear? That's Harbaugh. That's why he wears khakis every day. He wears the same thing. He doesn't want to think about what he's going to wear. When he was here in San Francisco, he had a Mercedes-Benz deal, and most coaches would take that deal, and they would drive whatever, whatever the car deal was. Yeah, I'm going to drive a nice car. He drove a truck with an AM radio in it. I mean, he's just a different cat. It's football, 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 sleep, football, football, football. That, that's just what he thinks about. So what do you think Jim Harbaugh is going to say? Jim Harbaugh is going to say, let's get these guys in here. Let's play football. By the way, we saw today that Stanford uh, is going to, after the 2021 school year, ditch 11 sports. Now, remember, the Pac-12 generally hangs its hat on non-revenue sports because they don't do very well lately in revenue-generating sports like football and men's basketball. And they call themselves the Conference of Champions because in a lot of Olympic-style st uh, sports, they do really well. Well, the school that does really well the most in the Pac-12 is Stanford. So it would behoove people to hope that, co that uh, football, college football, which in a lot of schools, they fund the athletic department. So anyway, there's Jim Harbaugh being a football coach and essentially saying, I want to play football. Five stories in the uh, Caboose Pistol for July 8th, 2020. Speaking of football, this. Uh, why would I be playing the Monday Night Football theme? Which, by the way, just take a listen to how great this is, all right, for a minute. I mean, that's the original. This is Howard Cosell. The Green Bay Packers are going into Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears. All right, young demographic has no idea. Older demographic is saying that's the worst Howard Cosell I've ever heard. You're both right. Uh, 
the reason why I play the Monday Night Football theme and wanted you to take a second listen to it is because Monday Night Football used to be it, right? Players were like, we're playing a Monday night, and fans were getting ready, and it was like, oh, I just had a crummy Monday, but I'm going to grab some original cores, order a pizza, and sit on my butt and watch Monday Night Football and Dandy Don and Frank Gifford and everything else. Yeah, I'm being old. But I read a piece today where Kirk Herbstreet, who is damn good on college football and never played in the NFL, but at Ohio State, and went right into uh, talking about college football when he got done, said that he would consider Monday Night Football as a quote-unquote second job. Like, Monday Night Football is not a second job. Now, I looked, I know that Sunday Night Football has become the thing with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, but what the hell is going on, Monday Night Football? We had to sit through the last couple of years. Nothing wrong with Joe Tessitore. In fact, he would come on my show all the time and was one of the great guys around. But uh, Booger McFarlane, come on. You got to do better. Is there nobody who wants to do this? Now, I don't think Peyton Manning does because Peyton Manning is a guy who's probably going to own a team. He might, hell, he might be the commissioner of the league someday. I don't expect Peyton Manning, who I think would be perfect. He's funny. He would just, you know, I think he could relate. I, he, does, he, he, could, he could talk football like we'd be like, what? But he knows that he would have to dumb it down a ways to make sure that we could understand what he was talking about, and he would do that. So Peyton Manning's the guy. Look, I don't know who would be the perfect guy. I love Kevin Harlan as a play-by-play guy. He does it for Westwood One Radio. Kevin Harlan would be the dream play-by-play guy. And then as far as an analyst right now, okay, they swung and missed on Tony Romo. They were going to say, you know, do the Gruden QB camp stuff and this and that. And Romo just didn't want to work that hard. Uh, I covered Tony Romo in Dallas. Tony wants to golf. He wants to do things. There's, you know, he doesn't want to do what ESPN wanted him to do. And he got a lot of money from CBS. So he would have been the guy... Kurt Warner does nothing for me. He's a super nice guy. Again, had him on the show a lot of times. Had him on recently. He was brilliant in regards to, we talked about Black Lives Matter and locker rooms in the NFL and how what the dynamics are. And he was tremendous, but I don't think he's that dynamic personality. But there is somebody out there, and if I'm the NFL and I hear that Kirk Herbstreet says that that would be a nice side bit, side gig, side hustle. Monday Night Football is not a side hustle. This is not a side hustle. This used to be the thing. Monday Night Football is not a side hustle, all right? Get somebody in there. Let's go, ESPN. Yeesh. Anyway. I don't want to say this, but I was going to say Howard Cosell's rolling over his grave, but I just did, and I should have probably. All right, number four, four of five stories on the Caboose Pistol for July 8th, uh, <laughs> 2020. Um, this guy's a nice player. Uh, Reese McGuire is a... Uh, catcher in the Blue Jays system. He came up last year and he did a nice job. And I guess in, well, let me, let me play this for you and then I'll explain it a little bit better. But this is what Reese McGuire did back when we had spring training the first time. The Blue Jays are in Dunedin, Florida, which is near Tampa. Uh, here's a news story from a local Tampa Bay TV station on what the Blue Jays prospect did. Catcher for Toronto Blue Jays is getting some exposure to the team. Okay, hang on. She started the, this will be funny to you in a minute. He's getting some exposure. She probably didn't mean to say that, but she did. Anyway, I just want that to be noted that she said that. Yep, it's sophomore. Catcher for Toronto Blue Jays is getting some exposure the team isn't very pleased with. Pinellas deputies busted 24-year-old Reese McGuire, accusing him of exposing himself. Our Pinellas Bureau reporter Chip Osowski is joining us in Dunedin, where it took place. 
Good evening to you both. A woman called the sheriff's office on Friday afternoon to report that she saw a man sitting in his white Mercedes SUV. And she told the dispatcher that she saw a lot more of him than she was comfortable with. Into the Bully Hill party deck, Reese McGuire collects his third of the season. Prior to being called up to the Blue Jays, Reese McGuire played for the AAA Buffalo Bisons. According to the Pinellas County Arrest Report, when deputies arrived at this parking lot at Patricia and Maine in Dunedin at 2 in the afternoon on Friday, they spotted McGuire naked from the waist down. The report indicates there was an extremely pornographic video on his cell phone. And without getting too graphic, deputies say he wasn't here shopping. Deputies say McGuire apologized, saying he was sorry repeatedly. When asked why his pants were down, he replied, quote, I really shouldn't have been doing that. They also wrote McGuire had just finished a practice at the team's facility in Dunedin, had a bite to eat, and then ended up in this parking lot. McGuire's white Mercedes was parked in front of his apartment, but no one answered the door when I visited earlier this evening. And when I tried reaching him by phone... But the person you called has a voice mailbox that has not been set up yet. Eight on your side obtained this statement from the organization, quote, He has been in communication with the Blue Jays, and we are working to gather more information. Out of respect for the legal process, neither he nor the club will comment any further at this time. Okay, there's a few things to unpack there in regards to this story about Reese McGuire. By the way, the reason I bring it up today, because that was uh, the first time around in spring training, uh, he just cut a plea deal today with prosecutors in his public masturbation case and received nothing more than a slap on the wrist. Spokesman for the state attorney's office in Pinellas County, Florida, said that McGuire pled no contest to a reduced second-degree misdemeanor charge of disorderly conduct. All right, so that's out of the way for him. couple of things. The news stories a lot of times, that's why I want you to listen to them, because the news stories a lot of times can be as funny as the stories themselves in these kind of situations. So she starts out with, you know, got some unwanted exposure. She probably said that kind of tongue-in-cheek to start the broadcast. The guy goes to Reese McGuire's house. Why are you going to his house? And then the other thing is you call him. Two things. Nobody ever picks up a phone call that they don't know. If it's a number they don't know, they're not picking it up. And if it is uh, some kind of news station in Tampa, Dunedin, whatever, he's not going to pick that up either. So don't, don't be going to the guy's house. And then the last thing on him, you're in a nice Mercedes. You just got off. Uh, well, sorry. Uh, I did mean to say that. You just got done with a workout and you just can't wait. You're in a nice Mercedes. Just drive home. It can't be that far They've got a house. He, they said he was in Dunedin. That's where the team trains. Your apartment or wherever you're staying temporarily is there. Now, maybe there's other players. The only thing I was thinking was maybe there's other players and you can't get any privacy. That's very possible. He's a young player. He's a prospect. So maybe it was just he couldn't get any alone time and he decided that was the place he was going to do it. Uh, anyway, and then, look, I'll, I'll give him this piece of credit. When the cops busted him for doing what he was doing in the car. He didn't try to do anything. He just said, I shouldn't have been doing that, and I apologize. I got respect for that. And for number five on the five stories that you got to know on this July 8th, 2020, let's go here. Professor. Yes, dear. Will there be any extra credit? I am so glad you asked. All right. You want to make a million dollars? says here, does your voice make people, quote-unquote, stand to attention? Can you describe something so well 
that even the visually impaired can picture the quote-unquote ins and outs of what's happening. It's called I'm Live, I'm Live Webcam Experience. This is where you need to pay attention. They're offering $1 million to an applicant who can give play-by-play rundown on 25 adult-oriented clips a week for two months, and they will give you $1 million. As they say, it's as easy as that. So basically what you're doing here is you are describing porn on a webcam experience for the blind. They can't see it, so you've got to describe it well enough so that they can become aroused. Does that sound like something you'd be into? It sounds creepy to me. I do this for a living. It says, are you a superstar, actor, movie star, rapper, comedian, talk show host, or sports commentator? Well, I'm a talk show host. I'm a sports commentator. And I would like a million dollars. But I do not want to describe porn for the blind. I just don't think that's me. And believe me, if I'm saying that, and I have, uh, how do I put this delicately? Uh, (laughs) I'll do anything. This might just be my line. 25 adult clips a week for two months for $1 million. And you've got to describe so well that a person who is visually impaired can picture the ins and outs of what's happening, as it says right here. Mm, Might be my line. Might be my line. And that is saying something. All right, those are the five stories for the podcast, for the Caboose Pistol podcast for July 8th. 2020. If you're new to the pod, you know what time it is. It is time for the asshole of the day. He's an asshole, sir. Major asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship, anyhow? Yo! What an asshole! He's a special kind of asshole. What an asshole! Because you're an asshole. Asshole. What's his name? Uh, his name is Joe West. You probably know Country Joe West. He's an umpire, and we know umpires and officials and everything by name nowadays if we're sports fans. Well, Joe West is high risk. He's been doing uh, Major League Baseball for 42 years. He's older, but he told The Athletic on Monday night, quote, I've weathered a bunch of storms in my life. I'll weather another one. Uh, He says that uh, according to doctors, you're high risk, he said. Look, most of these people, talking about people who are uh, passing away from COVID-19, he says the ones that they're reporting are dying are not healthy to begin with. I've lost 25 pounds over the winter. I'm playing golf every day in the heat. I'm fine. I'm not going to back down now. I don't believe in my heart that all these deaths have been from the coronavirus. I believe it may have contributed to some of the deaths. I'm not going to opt out. I'm going to work, and I'm going to work until you take me off the field or I get hurt. Whatever, I'm working. Now, look, everybody... Thank you, music. Everybody is due their opinion, all right? What I do for a living is I talk, and I have an opinion. I embrace opinion. If you don't think the coronavirus is real, um, it's not really... That's not really an option. It's like the sky is blue, the grass is green. And maybe Joe West is colorblind. I'm not really sure. But the only reason I bring him up as the asshole of the day is baseball is already having problems in terms of their testing. And what umpires essentially are on the field is they keep the peace, right? They're the police. They're the ones if someone is not social distancing or someone is spitting, which I think it's going to be very difficult for these guys 
to stop doing things that they've done their entire life, but the umpire is supposed to be there to say, hey, you're supposed to social distance, you're not supposed to spit. I'd like to see baseball make it through. I'm not sure that it's going to. Hell, I'm not even sure if it's going to start. But Joe West is supposed to be some sort of a, I don't know, a figure out there that is supposed to actually keep people in line. So (laughs) I would like Joe West to kind of do that. I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to do that. So Joe West, who doesn't believe in the coronavirus. Look, not everybody has to believe Anthony Fauci, Dr. Fauci. But um, I do believe the coronavirus is real. I'm no scientist. I'm no doctor. I'm not being political. But I am calling Joe West the asshole of the day. I'm an asshole, and I'm proud of it. So we always balance asshole of the day with one thing that is good. And this is awesome, actually, if it does happen. Bob Nightingale of USA Today tweets out, great baseball writer says that a team, they're trying to get a team in Nashville, and they would call them the Nashville Stars of the Negro Leagues, name them after them, and it will be a majority black-owned team and has some serious clout. I'll tell you about some of the people. And uh, they are trying to get either expansion or relocation. Now, Dave Stewart, who is on my show a lot uh, in the Bay Area, is going to uh, head it up. With Tony LaRusso. Now, Dave Stewart's done about all you can do. He's won World Series as a player. He's been an agent. He's been an executive. So what he says is he's asked, he's going to ask or has asked Rob Manfred to give the city of Nashville a baseball team. He says, that's all we're asking you to do. We're not asking you to do anything more than that. We'll do the rest. Stewart is on the board of directories and the advisory committee of Music City Baseball, Music City Baseball Group, trying to acquire a team either through expansion or relocation in Nashville, Tennessee. And again, the Nashville Stars, after the Negro League team, honoring the teams that played in Nashville before baseball's integration. They also hope to be the first team in baseball history to have African-American majority ownership and only the second in all of sports, of course, after Michael Jordan of the Charlotte Hornets. And as Stewart continues on, that's what baseball should do. They should open the doors to black ownership, diverse ownership. This is the time for baseball to do something they've never done for what this country is going through and what baseball is going through. There will be a residual effect. This is history. And as he continues on, think about it. We've never had black ownership in baseball. Uh, He talks about Magic and Jeter, but he says that's not real black ownership because their stakes are so small. This is real, and now is the time. That's what baseball should do. Look, We've talked about the other sports in the podcast before, basketball, what they're doing as far as uh, allowing Black Lives Matter slogans uh, on the back of jerseys. They're going to put Black Lives Matter on the court. They're going to have PSAs. All those things are great. Colin Kaepernick uh, taking a knee, great. That was great for exposure. But this would be something that would be actuality, a black-owned baseball team, baseball actually doing something, baseball that celebrates Jackie Robinson like they do. And to be honest with you, they've been lacking behind the other sports in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement. So to me, and knowing Dave Stewart, this is something that Major League Baseball should do, whether it is through relocation Uh, This is tangible. This is something. This is not just taking a knee. This is just not exposure. This is just not words. This is just not, this is a real thing that baseball could do. Now, look, I'm not saying I know the ins and outs of exactly what this would, uh, would be. And look, Dave Stewart at the beginning of this is saying, all we're doing is asking them to give Nashville a team. I mean, that's very complicated. It's simple to say, but it's very complicated. But this is something tangible that baseball could do. 
and baseball should do. So that is one good thing today. Check that out. Uh, it's all over right now. Bob Nightingale, it's on his Twitter feed right now. You should take a look at that. It is a very cool idea that Dave Stewart, Tony La Russa, Dave Dombrowski, and others are trying to get baseball to Nashville under black ownership, which would be awesome. All right, at this point of the podcast, and it is your Caboose Pistol podcast, John Lund with you from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Make sure that you hit up at caboosepistol.com for all the stories, the comments. I've got that one up there as well, and it's got some additional information for you, so check it out. All right, at this point, we would get listener feedback. So here's what you do, 508-296-4949, 508-296-4949, and leave a voice message, whether it is a question, whether it is a comment, whatever you want to do. I like having sound on the show, which you know. So your voice rather than my voice, monotonously speaking, blah, 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 blah. So why don't you give it a call, 508-296-4949, and you can have your voice on the show. If you want to just email and I can read your uh, feedback on the uh, podcast, that's cool. Hey, at caboosepistol.com. Hey, at caboosepistol.com. And again, all stories at caboosepistol.com. All right, it is time for what you've been waiting for. It is time for the Caboose Pistol. <laughs> the old caboose pistol. Everybody has one. <laughs> Did you say caboose? I know some women who could hide a machine gun in there. Yeah. Uh, as I always say, I do not know a woman who could hide a machine gun in there, but here are some stories to make you feel better. The caboose pistol. And by the way, if you don't know what the caboose pistol is, why it's the caboose pistol brand, if you're completely confused, go to caboosepistol.com and it says about on the website. Click it. You'll see the video there, and you'll understand. All right. Uh, in Japan, they have reopened theme parts, parks, but there is a catch. When you go on roller coasters, and I don't know if you're a roller coaster guy. I am. I love all roller coasters. Maybe not all. The ones that freak me out are the ones that they lock you in on the top, and then they don't have a floor. I'm not really down with those, but like old school rickety, rickety ones. I like those kind of roller coasters. Anyway, in Japan, they've reopened theme parks but they have banned screaming on roller coasters. Now, I'm looking at a video right now since they implemented this, and some people have masks and some people don't. I would think I would, but you can't scream. Now, to me, screaming on a roller coaster is kind of like spitting on a baseball field. It's going to be difficult. I don't scream on a roller coaster, but I understand why people do. It's just kind of a response. So they've banned screaming on roller coasters in Japan. Good luck with that. I'm not sure. And I don't know what they do. What they do kick you out of the park if you do scream. I'm not sure. I don't know what the penalty would be for screaming. It would seem like, you know, I scream. I'm sorry. You, you apologize. But who knows? There you go. No screaming in Japan on roller coasters. This is a strange story. This is in Oregon. A police chase in Oregon ended when a driver fleeing authorities in a stolen car crashed into a woman driving... Another stolen car. The debacle took place Monday when police responded to a report of a stolen Toyota Land Cruiser driving through downtown Newburgh, Oregon, which is a uh, suburb of Portland. A pursuit ensued and lasted for several blocks until the driver crashed into another car near an intersection. Cops identified the driver of the first car, Randy Lee Cooper of Portland. After taking Cooper into custody, the police realized the second car was also reported stolen in an unrelated crime three weeks ago. What are the chances of that? Guy's got a stolen car. He's taken off. The girl's in a stolen car from about three weeks ago, and she's just kind of hanging out. And then 
all of a sudden they crash into each other. It's like the old Reese's peanut butter commercial, right? Where the peanut butter crashes into the uh, chocolate. Now that's the perfect mix. This wasn't so perfect. So I guess it's not exactly the same. In fact, it is quite different, but still, there you go. What are the chances of two people uh, crashing into each other like that? Yeah. Uh, good thing this guy was a college-wide receiver. Uh, this happened, let's see, do, 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 do. where did this happen again? Philip Banks, 28. Well, let's just put it like this, and then I'll get you where it was. Where it was. Uh, third, oh, this is in Phoenix. Third-floor apartment, burning building. Mother is up there. Obviously, she's losing her mind. She's got a three-year-old son. She drops said three-year-old son down the three floors, and luckily enough, a former college wide receiver is there and makes the catch and the and the kid is spiral if i can give you a visual and again go to caboosepistol.com and you can see this you can see the video of this the kid is spinning down like a helicopter she didn't just kind of drop him nicely the kid's spinning around this is a tough catch and he makes a quality grab this is what it sounded like somebody was actually videoing it close by Good catch, Mike. <laughs> You're the guy at the end. Good catch. <laughs> Philip Banks, 28, said he sprang into action when he heard a commotion outside his apartment and dashed outside barefoot. He saw an apartment fully engaged in flames and a woman preparing to toss her son to another man standing nearby. Of a video posted on social media by witness shows, as he says, there wasn't much thinking, according to KABC. He said in Phoenix, I just reacted. I just did it. He said, I know how to catch. I learned how to catch a football, so I'll give some credit to football. And then he said the boy came twirling in the air like a propeller, which, again, go to caboosepistol.com, and you can see that. Uh, it, that is not an easy catch. But he made the catch. The three-year-old was fine. So there you go. Nice job. That's not an easy catch. Uh, saw a mirror selfie of Madonna at 61. She's posing topless in a mirror selfie. Um this is on Instagram, and uh, she's wearing just a bucket hat, black underwear, and gold bracelets. Um, look, it, some people will say that doctors are involved here. Madonna's 61 years old. Whatever. I don't really care how you got there. You got there. And I, in, in looking at this uh, picture of Madonna in this way, she's got to be the most attractive 61-year-old in history. In my generation, we often talked about Raquel Welch, and Raquel Welch was extremely beautiful late into life. Uh, I don't care and know what Madonna is doing to stay looking like she's looking, but at 61, which I'm not that far away from, I'm not going to look like Madonna. I just don't think I'm going to look like Madonna. She looks really good for any age. I was going to say for, she looks good for 61. She looks good for any age. So there you go. And finally, one more uh, stream of wheat, it says here. An enterprising French baker is switching up her bread recipe, or should we say recipe, P-E-E, by using wheat fertilized with female urine harvest from public restaurants. Or excuse me, restrooms, not public restaurants, public restrooms. Thank you. Uh, quote, unquote, urine is a great fertilizer, Luis Regat says. Uh, she regularly gathers blah, 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 re female urine. Look, here's the thing. I, I don't care. Like, there are certain things... You could tell me it was wonderful for me. You could tell it was gonna be tell me it was gonna be the fountain of youth. I am not eating bread with female urine from it. 
She calls it Goldilocks bread, by the way. It's not Goldilocks bread. And it doesn't need to have urine, and that is absolutely ridiculous, and I'm not buying that bread ever. There you go. That is your (laughs) Caboose Pistol podcast for, uh, what is today? July 8th. That is your Caboose Pistol podcast for July 8th, 2020. We gave you the big uh, lead today. LeBron's decision is 10 years old. Jim Harbaugh, the crowd at Wrigley Field that wasn't there. Kirk Herbstreit calling Monday Night Football a second job. The catcher, Reese McGuire of the Blue Jays. Dude, really? That's where you're going to do that? Uh, $1 million. You've got to do a play-by-play, though, of I'm live. I'm not sure you want to do this. A-hole of the day. Joe West, you're in charge. You can't say that the coronavirus doesn't exist. Stop it. One good thing, Dave Stewart, Tony La Russa, and others trying to bring a black-owned baseball team to Nashville. That is awesome. The Nashville Stars, of course, formerly of the Negro Leagues, and they would honor that team, and they would have black ownership, which would become only the second uh, black-owned team in all of our major sports behind Michael Jordan, of course, with the Hornets. That is awesome. Feedback line, as always, 508-296-4949. Make sure that you uh, use the feedback line. That would be cool. And then we can get your voice on the podcast. Oregon uh, Wrong Wayers, Madonna at 61, no screaming on roller coasters, and the former college football player that caught the three-year-old from the burning building. There you go. Any and all stories, or if you want more information, feedback, all those great things, video, audio, podcasts, stuff, stories, all of it. CaboosePistol.com at John Lund Radio at CaboosePistol both on Twitter and then you can hit me up on Instagram or Facebook as well at John Lund Radio. That is the Caboose Pistol Podcast for July 8th, 2020.